This is a STEAM Channel program on UCTV. Go full STEAM ahead at uctv.tv slash STEAM, where science, technology, engineering, arts, and math converge. Hi, everyone. Dr. Stephen Mercer here, and it's great to be back with you again to talk a lot about college admission and especially what's been going on with college admission during these really unprecedented times. Last time I spoke about two groups of students that I'm thinking a lot about, and I was thinking a lot about high school seniors, and I'm thinking a lot about high school juniors. And there's a set of issues around college admission that impact both groups, but this time I want to talk in more detail about high school seniors. Right now is when high school seniors in very traditional times, when we're not having a, a, a pandemic like this, where everything is in change and upheaval. Right now is a time when high school seniors need to be making a lot of big decisions. There's a lot going on. And usually actually about this time exactly, those decisions are made already. There's a few days left until May 1st, but things are really, really different this time. And so I think I want to talk to the high school seniors. So just like last time, my overall message is there's still a lot that's unknown. And I had said to some folks the other day, I gave them some information and literally an hour later that information changed and that seems to still be happening. You know, one of the things I like to do in my spare time, just for fun, I like to watch the news on the stock market. I find it to be very, very interesting. I wish I had any money to invest, I don't, but I just find it really interesting. And what I find during these times, during these tumultuous times where things are going on in society and not just the economy, is that the stock market is very volatile, right? So when it's up, it's not just up a little bit, it's up a lot. And when it's down, it's not just down a little bit, it's down a lot, and it's happening multiple times during a day or a week. And that applies to college admission right now. The volatility in positive admission decisions or negative admission decisions, which is getting denied, the uh, surprises in who's getting into what colleges, how many students a college is admitting, the kinds of scholarships that are awarding, and the fluctuation in all the changes in policy are happening in a big way, in a volatile way right now. So I want to urge everybody that if it's feeling crazy, it is. And so it's okay. Uh, it, 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 we're going to weather this storm. And high school seniors, college is not going away. And all the hard work that you've put into high school and your college applications, it's going to pay off. It might be a little different, but it's going to pay off. So when I said there's volatility, there's volatility on two sides of this equation. One side of the equation, it's what's going on with colleges. I'm going to talk about what's going on with students too, with seniors. But I first want to talk about the volatility and the changes going on with colleges. So a big, big change is May 1st is traditionally a deadline by which all applicants must notify the college to which they would like to go that this is where I'm going. They have to fill out some forms, send in a deposit, and for all intents and purposes, the college application process is over on May 1st. Now, there's sometimes a little bit of overlap after that, but what's going to probably happen 
and we already see it happening, is May 1st is not going to be the end of the process for high school seniors. Colleges are having trouble filling some of their classes. They are extending the deadline beyond May 1st, and they're offering students the option of committing by right now, by June 1st. And it's really important that that you understand, if you're a senior, that that's not something across the board. That differs college by college, state by state. So if you're weighing your final decisions right now and you have not made your final decision, please, you have to double check with the colleges that you're considering and understand what their deadline is. Sometimes college websites are a little hard to navigate. There's a lot of information. If you have any doubt, just call them. It's a very simple question and it's an honest question and you can get that answer really, really quickly. And if you need some more time, it's okay to ask if a college has not extended their reply deadline. It's okay to say, could I have some more time? If They may not give you more time, but if they are able, they will. And then it's important that you have that information if you're going to extend it. Now, related to that is more and more colleges have what are called open applications, where they're keeping their doors open, their options open, because they are really, really worried about these uncertain times. And they're worried whether or not they're going to get the right number of students to accept the offers of admission that they've now sent out several weeks ago, and they're worried. So more and more colleges are having an open door right now. Now, I'm not saying if you're a high school senior, you can just go back and start reapplying to college and do this whole process over again. You can't, right? We are, at, we are for all intents and purposes, at the end of the process. But I want you to know that there's a, some flexibility built in, not everywhere, but a lot of places. So a student that I'm working with just sent me an email this morning and the student said that they made their final decision two weeks ago. They notified all the colleges that they are not attending. They notified them. They said, thank you very much. I've made another choice. I'm going to another college. And like a lot of students at home, they've been discussing and thinking about the world situation and what feels comfortable to the student and that family. And the student emailed me this morning and let me know that they're rethinking their decision, that they're worried that they didn't make the right choice and that perhaps they wanted to be closer to home. And already before emailing me, they emailed one of the universities to which they had been admitted, one that was closer to home, really great school, and said, I'm rethinking my decision. And they said, we'd love to talk with you. That's going to be a little bit more common right now. I can't promise it's gonna happen everywhere, but I want you to know that it's okay to be rethinking it's okay to be talking as a family, talking to friends, people that you trust, and making some decisions for yourself. Now, that's going to just create more volatility and more changes, because if this student does wind up withdrawing from the other university to which they originally committed and enrolling in another university, then it's going to open up spots there. It's a little bit of a cascade effect, potentially, at universities across the United States. Now, also in what I call normal times, which we we probably remember because it wasn't that long ago, at around this time, high school seniors are not just dealing with final decisions, but there was an increase in the use of wait lists by colleges and universities all across the United States. In the last five years in particular, there's been a really strong increase in wait lists. And this wait list all by itself adds uncertainty and it adds volatility. And it's a, always a tough part of the process if you're waitlisted at a university or more than one university that you truly want to be considered for. This year, 
the wait list is compounded with all of these things I've just mentioned. More colleges are using wait lists already. The wait lists are going to be more and more important to the universities this year. And what traditionally happens last year, years before, is if you're on a wait list, you usually aren't going to find out anything about that wait list, usually, until after May 1st. That's because that's the deadline by which colleges and universities have set all students to commit. And then on May 2nd, they know, did we meet our goals? Do we have some leftover space? Did we over-enroll? And at that time, on May 2nd, that's when they start to open up the wait list and start calling at the top of the list, and they work their their way down until they fill that class. This year, that's going to be compounded. And what's happening, not at every university, but surprisingly, there's been what's called movement on wait lists much earlier. So as I said, usually it's May 2nd at the earliest that most universities would have any idea whether they need to go to their wait list. This year, universities have already started to analyze how many incoming students they have committed by this date before May 1st, and they're anticipating the need to go to the wait list, and they are going to their wait lists earlier. When you are in a college admission office, the folks that work there, going to a wait list is a challenging part of their process. And it, regardless of how it feels as a student, for a, most universities, they can't just call one or two students if they have one or two spots to fill and immediately be all set. Because when they call a student on the wait list in traditional times, that student often has committed elsewhere. They've moved on as they should. They've chosen a great university from those that they've already been admitted and are not on the wait list. And so that university has to put that student aside and get to the next student on their list. And that also has a cascade effect because they're often going to need to go deep into their wait list just to fill a modest number of spots available. This year, we're starting to see wait list movement early. My recommendation is this. If you're on a wait list, you need to proceed as though you are not on the wait list. You need to make your decision of where you would like to go up from the universities to which you have been fully admitted, not on the wait list. If you are contacted about the wait list, the ex- agreed upon rules in the world of college admission is that students are given at least 48 hours to make that decision. Now, there may be some additional pressure that colleges are feeling, and they may communicate that to you if you're offered a spot on the wait list. But the agreed upon rules, and these are just an agreement that colleges have made, there's no laws or contracts, but they've agreed together that they will give students at least 48 hours to make their decision. They're probably going to be pretty strict about that this year. And again, there's some colleges that might try to push that a little bit. But if you are offered a spot off of a wait list, it's probably a good idea to say thank you, first and foremost. I'm going to discuss this with my family. When do you need me to get back to you? What's the latest? And of course, usually with those decisions comes decisions around not just admission, but to which major you've been admitted, because that could be different than the major to which you've applied, and financial aid and scholarship could be different. And so that's really important information that you need to have before you do anything with regard to wait lists. And they need to be able to provide that information to students. Colleges need to be able to provide it immediately if they want students to make a quick decision. Now, I mentioned money and scholarship and financial aid, and that's one of the other big unknowns right now. So 
Of all the things that I had mentioned in my previous episode that are unknown, this one is still unknown to a great degree. It's okay to be worried about money. I continue to encourage all students that are trying to figure out, along with families, how are they going to afford college? What's that going to look like next year? I encourage you to call the universities, speak to the financial aid offices directly, and also speak to the admission offices directly. That's my recommendation. There's no one formula. I think this has to be very much a case-by-case situation. Now, finally, one of the big uh, changes that's being discussed is whether or not universities will open in the fall. As of right now, as we're getting towards the end of April, uh, there are a very small number of universities across the United States that, that have indicated they absolutely will be open. Across the board, the overwhelming vast majority of colleges and universities across the United States are saying, we don't know yet. We want to be open. We want to be offering classes. We want to be bringing in students in a safe and healthy and productive way. We just don't know what that looks like yet. So it's a really honest question to be asking, should I be going to college in the fall? Uh, And that brings me to the other side of the equation, right? Students, seniors in this case. What are you going to do next year, right? Because we have this unknown about whether or not colleges are going to be open or what they're going to look like. If they're going to be online classes, will you be able to move into the dorms? Do you want to move, if you're considering this, to move far away from home? Those are all unknowns right now. And last time I had said, it's unknown, hold on, be patient. And now I'm starting to feel like, and I'm starting to advise, that it's time to start making some plans for what you might do next year if college that you're considering is not open for normal business, either closed altogether, which I don't think is likely, but look, but probably looking very different. I'm not saying I know. I'm not saying that I know it's going to be that way. But I think if you're a high school senior, I think you should start making those plans. And what that might look like is what's called a gap year, right? And that's become a popular uh, practice. It was has been popular in other parts of the world, where students take off a year between high school graduation and starting college to work or volunteer or travel or just recharge and do a number of things and get clear on their next step into adulthood and take a better advantage of college. There is a lot of discussion about whether students are going to be doing gap years. I think it's okay for you, you as a senior to start thinking about that. Now, what you d- you're going to do is a big question mark. Um, that could be work. That could be travel right now seems unknown. Uh, how you're going to work seems unknown. Uh, doing some kind of volunteering, that's a possibility too. But my recommendation is you start thinking about it. Now, one of the things that students are thinking about, and if this is something that you're thinking about, I have a very strong recommendation. You may be thinking about taking college courses at a local community college so that you can continue on with your education, start building some of your college units, which you can hopefully transfer over, And again, you have to be really careful that if you've committed to a university, a four-year university, and you're going to take college classes anywhere, community college, another local college, you have to be very, very clear on what the rules are as to how many college units you can transfer in and if you can do that at all. Okay, that differs university by university, and you have to be really clear. But if you are considering taking one or more 
a few classes a lot at a local community college, my recommendation is that you apply to that community college right now. Applying to a community college looks very different than applying to a traditional four-year university. It's not as lengthy of a process. There's typically no essays. The application is simpler, but there are often steps involved. And those steps are going to be a little bit more challenging now because of the way everybody's working from home and offices are remote. And so there's going to be, I think, a flood of students applying for community colleges coming up in the summer and certainly in the fall as everybody's plans become more clear. My recommendation is apply now. If you don't need to use the community college option, there's no harm. You don't have to pay. You don't have to commit. It's not a lot of time. It's not going to change your plans, but I think it is very prudent that you put that in place now. Now, another big concern that I'm seeing seniors talk about is finishing up senior year, along with, I guess, the disappointment of senior year looking pretty different than what they thought without uh, the traditional end of the school year and end of high school activities like proms and other celebrations. I know that's really frustrating. And I, I think schools and students and families and neighborhoods are finding different ways to celebrate students and seniors that way. But one of the things that's really coming up too is your classes look really different. And a lot of high schools have said they're going to be doing pass-fail grades as opposed to the traditional grading, whether that was a letter grade or some kind of a numerical grading system. Colleges across the board had expressed very, very flexible policies about this, and they're going to give you credit for your pass-fail classes. Uh, if, If there's a college out there that right now is not going to be allowing that for seniors, I'm not aware of any. I I am aware that all colleges in the United States are clear that as long as you pass your classes, you will have satisfied the requirements. Now, if you are in a high school and you're doing online or remote and you are not on pass-fail and you are getting some type of traditional grades, let's say letter grades, it is still imperative that you finish your school year strong. College admission can be jeopardized by low grades, even though you've been admitted and we're at the end of this process. I want you to, you're not the exception. You can't just go and pass your classes. You have to continue to do as well as you can. Uh, But be assured that colleges are going to accept your grades if they're pass-fail. Now, seniors, one of your responsibilities is to have your final high school transcript sent into the colleges to which you're applying so that they know you're ready to go and you've graduated. This is something that's going to be maybe a little bit challenging because your high schools are closed or your counselors are working remotely. So therefore, I'd like you to make sure that you are in close contact with your high school counselor or your school counseling office to make sure that they know when school's over, where you're, where you're attending and to which admission office they need to send your final high school transcript. Okay, I think I've given you a lot of information today for you seniors. Um, hopefully things will become a lot more clear in the next days and weeks and I'll continue to update you. And stay tuned, high school juniors. I'd like to talk with you next time in more detail about some of the things I'm seeing and some of the recommendations that I have. Until then, I'll see you next time. Bye.